0: So we pick it up in verse 19, and I'll read these verses together, and then we'll go forward from there. Jesus said, do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or else he'll be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon, which is literally wealth and riches, if you will. So you can't serve God and mammon. You can serve the Lord and have mammon, but you can't serve mammon and serve the Lord. Would be a clear thought on that. We'll come back to that. As you look at these three segments of scriptures in my Bible, where I get like topic distinctions, my Bible says, lay up treasures in heaven, the lamp of the body, you cannot serve God in riches. In meditating on this passage, I would look at it this way some questions to ask myself and all of us. Where is your heart? What is your perspective? And who is your master? Where is your heart? What is your perspective? And who is your master? This really is a a where, what, and who segment of scripture that sets us up for next week with one of my favorite passages in the entire Bible to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We start tonight with Where is your heart? In each of these three segments, there's an opening statement that's kind of like a like a, a get-you statement. And then there's a, a, a follow-up thought that ties up that statement. So this first part says, do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. Okay. And then verse 21 at the end of this particular segment says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. That's the key thought. And the other one says that the lamp of the body is the eye. And then it says in the end, if therefore that light that any of you is darkness, how great is that darkness? So that's your perspective. And then again, the last one says, no one can serve two masters. That's a strong, powerful statement. And then it's reemphasized at the very end, you cannot serve God and mammon. So you get like opening statement, a concluding statement, right? Where's your heart? Then what's your perspective? Opening, closing statement. And then who is your master? opening and closing segment. So with this first one, where is your heart? Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. This is a really basic, simple statement. The idea of not to be consumed with accumulating temporal wealth that gets left behind. It's sort of like playing the game of Monopoly in real life. Many of us played Monopoly growing up. Some play Monopoly for real, right? And and it's all like a Monopoly board. But when we played Monopoly, it was fake money and that kind of things. And you might get mad, and but you throw the money or something but like that. People do that for real. And it's all about accumulating wealth, controlling wealth, and taking wealth from other people on the Monopoly board. That's how some people live life. So there's this warning not to lay up for yourselves treasures on earth. And, you know, what we love about the Lord is, father knows best and so when the Lord says don't lay up for don't, don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth don't be consumed with like how many houses you can own in, on the peninsula or how many houses you can own at Dana Strand or how many rental properties you have around all over that's fine if you have those things but that can't be your driving force we'll get to that as we progress tonight in the study but those things can become such distractions and not only that there is a deceitfulness of riches that makes you dark, which is our second point, but it can, it can be misleading. Like when the guy came to Jesus and said in the Gospel of Luke, "Lord, tell my brother to give me my share of the inheritance." And Jesus said, "Who may be an arbitrator over you?" There was a man who said, "I'm going to gain great wealth, I'm going to tear down my barns and build bigger barns, but oh foolish man, tonight your soul will be required of you, and then who will have your wealth?" which would take that story and the person who came to Jesus back to Solomon, saying Ecclesiastes, you work so hard, you build up all this wealth, you can't take it with you, and then you're, the recipients of your estate, mainly your children, they, they waste it and squander it, and you don't know what happened to it when you're gone. This is the human experience. But what I love about what the Lord does here is he says, why you don't lay up treasures for yourself on earth? Because moth and rust and thieves destroy them. These are interesting. Moths just kind of eat away at things, right? They eat away at things. Rust is just the law of entropy, the universal law, second law of thermodynamics. Entropy works. So that's why none of us use 8-track cassette players, toasters from the 60s, all the gadgets that were so special for my mom back in the 60s. No one's using those, right? Like I mean, how cool was your Walkman in 1982 listening to The Pretenders on a, a flight to Japan where they're smoking on the plane? Like, that was pretty rad technology Have your Walkman. Remember you had to go back and forth with your, your song, get your favorite song in the middle of the road, dun, 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 back and forth, back and forth, all the way to Tokyo in the smoking section in the back of the plane? Like, aren't you... But we don't have those Walkmans anymore. See, it all ends up in the trash. It ends up at some landfill. Rust destroys things. Now, there's classic cars you still see, but most of those cars... This is the Santa Courthouse this week, and there's all those wonderful pictures on every floor at the Santa Ana Courthouse. Historical pictures of Orange, Santa Ana, Tustin. I mean, it's amazing to go floor by floor through the courthouse and see these photos of Huntington Beach with all the oil rigs. North side of the pier, 1920, 100 years ago, and and you see all the Model T's everywhere. They're not there anymore. Because rust destroys them. The clothes and the garments that people are wearing, they're, they're not there anymore. If your parents saved clothes that you had when you were a little kid, you might still have like a little baby outfit. I still have the baby outfit my mom had me wear when I was a kid. I saved stuff for my kids. and When we tore down the shed, we made Timothy and Leah go through the stuff. And Leah kept a few things that we see Zippy wearing now. And then they, they bring it back to me, and it's like, oh, how can I throw away the Donut Man shirt, you know, that Hannah wore in 1993? Like, I, that, that's like blasphemous, you know? Like, how can you do that? But you know, you get better at this as you go when you're throwing stuff away, and you're downsizing, you older people understand. And when Timmy, to I told all the kids, like, when you go through your bins, each has about eight bins, when you bring back, go through it and chuck it, keep what you want, because you're, you're a grown-up, it's your world now, it's your stuff. But if you think there's something that you had that I might want, bring it back to me and I might want to keep it for my, my stuff. And I, did, I got a few of Leah's things like that, but there's Timmy's peewee football uniform, brand, like, Blue Jays baseball, eighth grade, all the memories make you cry. Like, I can't store this stuff. And he doesn't want this stuff. I t- you know, I just took pictures of it. Hey, if you ever want to remember what it looked like, is what it looked like. There you go. It, it 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 all gets thrown away, and some stuff you really want to keep. Like when I was put in the Hall of Fame in two thousand nine, and they had these really cool shirts for my induction. I was inducted with Bruce Brown from who made Endless Summer, and uh, and they had these T-shirts, two thousand nine induction, really nice T-shirt. Aaron Pyatt, hanging in surface sport did him, and has like the inductees on the back. It's got like the Duke statue. I was like, man, this is so rad. You know that T-shirt looks like now stained. It never went anywhere. It was like mint condition, like never do anything with it. It's in a bin and it's stained. Entropy has stained my Hall of Fame t-shirt, oh poor Joey. But that's what happens. You can't keep it. Entropy and the fall of Adam affects my t-shirt from 13 years ago. It affects everything. The Model T's from 100 years ago. Entropy destroys everything. In time, space, and matter, and what entropy won't get, the sons of Adam will try and steal, because thieves break in. Even in this last year, I've had identity theft, on I've had credit card theft, forged excuse me, forged checks from out of the mail, out of the post office, put in the post office, stolen and forged checks. I've had my cards violated a number of times. I've had to change accounts a number of times, and I've had identity theft. My identity was sold on the dark web, as were many of you, because two billion people's identity was sold this last year on the dark web. And when we ran Lucas Timmerman, who has high-level access, ran my name, there it was. You know, they just sold it like they're just selling it to thieves. And they got my social security number and all this stuff, and they ran it, and they got it. And man, boom, boom, boom. I had brush fires everywhere in one week. It was incredible. I lost a week worth of work just trying to put out every brush fire of what thieves were doing. And all I could think was that my good friend, Steve, years ago, who's a multimillionaire, told me, the problem with having lots of money is worrying about who's trying to steal it at that very moment. He says, literally, you, 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 you have nights you can't sleep because you're, you're, you're thinking, how safe is my money? Like, how safe is it? And he told me before the fall in 08, Joey, you put a third here, a third there, and a third there. That way, if the thieves get something, they don't get all of it. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. It's good counsel. But he told me that when you have money, you don't tell people you have money. So when my sister had money, I was like, Barbie, don't tell your rehab friends that you have money, okay? Because rehab people want to separate other rehab people from money, as do all people, but particularly rehab people. Okay, just know. Because people sit around stealing money. They sit outside gas stations with their laptops and they're just following your card going like this and they're fishing for your card trying to steal your information. This is what's going on. Thieves are everywhere. Then you think, well, if I own real estate, you can't really steal real estate except there's really good thieves now who are stealing title deeds on houses. I'm like, geez, Lord, is anywhere our wealth is safe? With me. With me. With me. That's where your wealth is safe. Well, until then, can you keep that wealth safe too? (laughs) Because I prefer a roof over my head as opposed to not. But this is reality. See, Jesus knows human nature. And in human nature, we know that men steal from other men. That's the nature of humanity is people, takers. Takers take, it's never enough, even when they've taken almost all your stuff. Remember the Grinch? He goes back, grabs the last little crumb, and then he goes. There's people that are like that. Most of you have wealth. And like, even if you're homeless in Huntington Beach, you're better off than the homeless in India. Right? Like, if you're, if you're homeless in Huntington Beach, like, I look at the homeless in Huntington Beach, I think, you know, there can be a lot worse things than being homeless in Huntington Beach. If there's anything that can be stolen, then people want to steal it. But you can't lose sleep over it. So what Jesus is saying here, do not live for yourselves treasure on earth because that's where moth, things get eaten away. That's where entropy works against and destroys what you have. And that's where st- thieves break in and steal it. They steal it. Again, we had, I had two cars. We've had cars stolen. We've, we've had the, I mean, someone stole our Cadillac converter from the church van in this parking lot right outside this door a year ago. I'm like, Who steals a Cadillac converter from a church van in a church parking lot? A thief. Not a God-fearing thief. Maybe a desperate thief. Maybe kind of God-fearing, but more hungry than God-fearing. I don't know. But that's just the way it is. So with our wealth, whatever we have, our mammon, our possessions, real estate, cash in the bank, assets in the house. is it interesting that your cars are now assets instead of liabilities? Most of you know that, right? In 2021, your cars have gone from being liabilities to assets. The car dealerships are calling people, trying to get cars back and buy them and resell them. There's a shortage of cars all across America right now. I, I think most of you know that. When my, we had a car that Brian, Brian Jameson gave to me from OCCF. It was called Putt-Putt, the Honda Civic, And we gave that car to Lucas Lucas and Susan Timmerman, and someone stole that car. And they destroyed that car. And even though they got it back, it was never the same. And I've been able to forgive a lot of things, but it took me a while to forgive the criminal who stole Putt-Putt from Lucas Timmerman. I just did not like that. I did not like that at all. But that's what happens in time, space, and matter. And again, as I've been talking from the pulpit, when you study history, evil people take so much from other people. They don't even blink. You think of Stalin during the Ukrainian famine when he sent his henchmen loose all over the Ukraine and they went down there in the 1920s and they stole farms from people, hundreds and hundreds of acres from Ukrainian people that had been their families for centuries and they just took them because with the world it's more and more and more and those philosophies of people like that, it's never enough. What are you going to do? So it's really important as we've been talking about is that we don't serve our treasures on earth. We have treasures on earth, but the treasures on earth is not where our heart is at. Because Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And that's why it's so important that rather than having our treasure where entropy works against it, where thieves can take it, it's more important that for all the wealth you have, that it truly belongs to the Lord. Or as Rob McCoy says, they can't take from you what you've already given to the Lord. They can't take your church if you've already given it to the Lord. They can't take your freedom if you've already given it to the Lord. So it's really important that we truly give everything of material wealth to the Lord in our hearts. Because then it's all in heaven. It's all in the kingdom. And it's between the Lord and the thief, not you and the thief. If it's yours and the thief, then it's you and the thief and you're in court. Walking by all those people at small claims court. I saw people shaking in line to to fill out their court stuff. But if it's you and the Lord, then it's like, it's the Lord. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken, blessed be the name of the Lord. And you say like Job to his wife, we've accepted blessings from the Lord, can we not accept adversity? Naked I came from the womb, naked I'll return. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken, blessed be the name of the Lord. That's a hard place to get to, isn't it? And by the way, Job's wealth was spread out, wasn't it? His wealth was spread out. But if the devil's unleashed to take it all, he can take it all. And you still have to come back to, it's about eternity. Naked I came, naked I'll go. The Lord has given, the Lord has taken. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I believe that's a place where God wants me to be in 2021. I believe it's a place where he wants his church to be in 2021. Because in the end, men separate other men and women from their wealth. It's human history. It's the record of human history. And the real issue is having already be with the Lord. Because in the end, no one can separate you from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus, Romans 8. And when your treasure's in heaven, they can't take that from you. No government of men, Caesar, cannot take away your treasure with the Lord and your relationship with the Lord. They can take away your good health. They can take away your freedom. They can take away a lot of things, but they cannot take away Christ enthroned on your heart and your treasures in heaven. No, In a universe of self-determination and free will and choices, that's one thing God does not allow men to take away from other men. Their relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ. And that's why it's so important our treasures are in heaven. And every time you feel some injustice has happened to you, you make that a deposit in your heavenly bank account and you give that to the Lord. It's the Lord's. And by the way, when it comes to wealth, we know this. We always say, follow the money trail. There's two things I've learned in life about this with time and money. We make time for what we really want to do. So when people say, I don't have the time, it's just they they, they they do have the time. 99.9% of the time, they have the time. They just don't want to do it. We make time for what we really want to do. And we have money to spend on what we really want to spend it on. So even a homeless person can get $5 and go buy some beer or alcohol or whatever, or a taco, whatever they want. You follow the money trail. You can follow the money trail. And if someone's wealth really belongs to the Lord, the money trail will show that they're generous people with the Lord. They see people, they see human beings and wealth as a means to minister to human beings. Like Danny was praying earlier about seeing the lost get saved. Their wealth is eternal, it's is, is, is eternal. It's kingdom and you follow the money trail. They're investing in the kingdom, they're investing in people, they're moved with compassion, they care about this, they're moved by this. You know, one of the checks I wrote that was forged or taken from me was a check to Syrian medical relief. I just randomly chose to do that. And I felt so violated, I felt so violated, and they sent me a thing saying, thank you for your contribution, but I had to cancel it because they forged the check was forged. But you know, wouldn't you know, outside of Whole Foods, I see a woman with a child asking for money, I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go ask her what her story is. Syrian refugee. Two children, no job, no green card. Over a year in America. We've supported pastors in, in Syria for years. We're yoked with Jeremy Camp, ministering to Syrian refugees in Lebanon. We're yoked with Danny Barger, ministering to Syrian refugees in Lebanon. He just followed the money trail. If you want to help a Syrian refugee and her children in Huntington Beach, you will. And if you don't, you don't have to. But when you pray for people, your heart goes to heaven. And you see them, and you move with compassion. Like, that's what's been so hard about Afghanistan, because when Jennifer went to, Monroe went to Afghanistan, we all went with her. And she poured into women. And to see all this happen, and to know that Victor Marx is there now trying to rescue people, I was on staff with Victor Marx. He's all over Fox News right now. He was a junior high pastor when I was an intern at Calvary Vista in 1988. We're very close friends. He says he likes my dancing, makes him smile. He's in a serious world rescuing people, shooting at him, taking life to save life. He's like, your dancing videos make me happy. Well, thank you, Victor Marx, that's exactly why they're there. What we've watched as American citizens is hard. It's humiliating, it's embarrassing, and it's gut-wrenching. But for us as a church, having invested in Afghanistan, it's even more hurtful. But you follow the money trail, and where you've sown is where you pray. You can pray for Harvest Crusade, but if you send Greg Glory and Harvest Crusade $1,000, see how much more you pray for that crusade. See how much more you care who's playing on Friday night and Sunday afternoon. Follow the money trail. So when you care about people and you care about the downtrodden and you care about humanity, you know, and the woman, the Syrian woman said, God bless you to me. And I thought, I don't know if she's saying that because she's Muslim or, or maybe a Syrian Christian, because, of course, many Syrians are Christians. They pretty much drove them all out like they're trying to do a lot of places in the world right now. But I just felt like it did not even matter. Like, it doesn't matter if she's Muslim or Christian. She's a mom with two kids. She's an immigrant. She doesn't have a green card. And she's living with another Syrian. And she's out in front of Whole Foods begging for money. I don't care if she's Muslim or Christian or not in that sense. That's the money trail you need to follow. When you care about people. And I'm not saying this is about me. I'm just saying this is about our, this is, goes back to the I, the second point. But you, you, you follow the money trail. Follow your money. Look at your checkbook. Look at where you spent money in the last year. I can tell you we spent money as a church in the last year. Hundreds of thousands in the mission field. Because that's our heart. You know, I talked with Jeremy Foster today in Idaho and he goes to Calvary Chapel. They've got property and they were gonna build a building right before all this happened two years ago. And he says they're still in the school. You know why? Because the construction costs are three times as much now in Boise as they were before this all began. We learned a lesson in 2007. We lost $20,000 in very conservative portfolio. And it was a building fund for this church. And we were just so crushed. And the Lord's like, don't even worry about it. I'm teaching you a lifetime lesson. And what is that lesson, Lord Jesus? The lesson is you're not building a building. You're sowing it all in the mission field. That's what he taught us. To me, it was a lot of money to to have trusted men who did not do what we asked them to do with the Lord's money. But it's a valuable lesson. And really, what do I say all the time about the money? It's not about the money. It's about the heart. It's never about the money. The Lord can replace 30,000 talents of silver. That's what he said in the Old Testament. It's never about the money. It's about the heart. So follow the money trail. And it'll show you where your heart is and where our hearts are at. Be generous. Sow generously. Have a generous spirit. For the one who sows bountifully will bountifully. And we're sowing for eternity. And if you're sowing like that in your disposition, your time, your energy toward people, your treasure is in heaven. If you just see heaven in the kingdom over everyone you're looking at and who you're talking to and what you're doing, you are Jesus on planet earth. We're the church. And when we breathe our last, we're not like Peter the Great asking for a pen to try and give something away. I've told you in Robert Massey's famous Pulitzer Prize winning book on Peter the Great. The great Russian king, one of the greatest political leaders of all time. His last day he was alive, he asked for a pen and began to write what he was going to give away. And then he dropped dead. I give to, is the last thing he ever said. I give to who? What are you giving? It was too late. Keep it moving. Just keep it moving. Time, energy, resources. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. Right. And on earth, earthly treasures, who can take them? Thieves. Moth and rust. The universe is working against your temporal wealth, WG. Mine too. Inflation is working against our temporal wealth. It has probably more value if you sow it this month than if you try and save it the next month. So bountifully, the kingdom, follow the money trail, it shows our heart. Then we also see the lamp of the body is the eye. So we have a perspective it, it says, this interesting passage. Maybe you've read this before thought, what, what does this mean? Maybe you go right past it to the other verses, like as an exit you don't get off at, but it's worth looking. The lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be good. How you see things coming from your heart reflects who you are. So if your heart is right with the Lord, if your heart is in the kingdom, and you're like Jesus move with compassion upon the multitude, and your heart is right with the Lord, you will see things the way the Lord sees them. We're told that we have the mind of Christ. There's the spiritual man, the carnal man, and the natural man. The natural man is not born again. They can't see. They're just the blind leading the blind. But the, the carnal man is actually, in the context of Corinthians, is a born-again believer, but they're carnal. They don't think spiritual. They think carnal. They're like the people rebuked by James in the book of James. You ask not, and you have not, because you ask not, because you know you ask amiss. They're carnal. But the spiritual woman, the spiritual man, is spiritual. When we talk about being spirit-filled, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, meekness, and self-control. Goodness and kindness, depending on how you interpret the words in the Greek. When our temporal is eternal and our heart's in heaven, Then the heart's right, the eye's right. So we come from a good heart, a pure heart. We see things like the eyes of a child. Let's have faith like a child. You can by no means enter the kingdom. It's like childlike faith. You see things. Jesus says, walk on water, you walk on water. But that's what it's like. That our heart is right. So we see things the way the Lord sees things. We see things with the right perspective. We see things with discernment, the mind of the spirit, and with the kingdom view. Because our heart is right. But if our heart's not right, how great is that darkness? There's a deceitfulness of riches. In the parable of the sower, soils, Jesus talked about how the one seed falls on soil and it looks like it's bringing forth a crop, but it's choked out by the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches. So there's deceit. Riches can deceive us. They can deceive us into thinking it's all okay. I remember speaking to a congregant a few years ago working on multiple houses worth millions and millions of dollars uh, along Newport, Balboa area. And the person had a brain tumor that was terminal and they're in their 50s and they're dying. But before you have that brain tumor and your terminal, you have 30, 40, 50, 60, 70 million dollars worth of real estate wealth in Newport Beach. And there's a sense of security in that. There's a sense of that everything's fine and I can do what I want to do and I can even buy John Wayne's old yacht if I want to. You you just have this idea that you can do whatever you want to do. And then suddenly, you have a brain tumor and you realize no one really loves you and you're all alone and you're deceived by your wealth and all the choices you made to accumulate this wealth and all the passion you gave and maybe the people you sued and the things you did and, and the people you cut out of your life because you just... And there you are, and you're in your 50s, and you're dying of a brain tumor by yourself with all that wealth, and who's going to get it? Lawyers, probate, ungrateful relatives? Like, that's, how, that's what happens. The de- J- Jesus said the deceitfulness of riches and the cares of this life. So us just being concerned can be deceitful, that the cares of this life can choke out what God wants to do in our life. And obviously, we're all very concerned about what our future looks like a number of people are going to make difficult decisions about personal freedoms and government uh, imposing their will on them to the point that they're compromising their personal convictions at the loss of their job. So you have to really have firm convictions about what you believe and where you stand. And you have to really know, like, are you really trusting the Lord? Are you trusting in that job? You could lose a job anyways. But the cares of this life affects all of us. But next week, Jesus says, do not worry. The cares of this life is very real. You don't make your car payments. Eventually, they come and take your car when you're not around, right? You don't pay your mortgage. You lose your house. You don't pay your rent eventually, at some point, you know, you get evicted. That's usually how it works. At least it was when I was growing up. We do care about things. I see plenty of people on PCH here between Golden West and the pier that have a van with all their stuff in it. They usually have a dog and a bunch of stuff stuffed in a van. They might have a little pop up awning thing, you know. It's the poor man's Winnebago. They have cares of this life. They still want to eat. They still need to hopefully use a clean restroom, be able to bathe. The cares of this life is very real. There's nothing wrong with being concerned about the cares of this life. We all care about this life. We all have cares of this life, especially with loved ones. We care about our spouses. We care about our children, our children's children. These are natural things that we have, but they have to be under the lordship of Jesus Christ. We have to know that Jesus Christ loves us more than our boss is to take better care of, the, of us than our boss, whether it's a corporation or a small family business. Jesus Christ can take care of us. Jesus Christ loves us more than any medical professional ever could or would. More than our mother loves us. Jesus Christ loves us more than our father. More than you love your grandchildren. Jesus Christ loves you, and these are the grandchildren, you understand, that's like that's the standard. That is the standard. So, the heart is good. We don't let the cares of this life choke out and blur our vision of that Jesus is on the throne. He's going to take care of us. So much worries over things that never come to pass. There's always people trying to take stuff from people. There's always people trying to impose their will on people. But either Jesus is Lord of all, or he's not Lord at all. I mean, we're trusting Jesus to raise us from the grave. Like, Whenever I'm graveside memorial, I like I do this. See, one of the beauties of being a pastor is in your profession, you deal with joy and sorrow on a regular basis. And when I do graveside funerals, it's just a little thing I do. I look over the ledge. I look down in the ground. I look down in the ground. And I'm not looking down for the person that's getting buried. I'm looking down for me. And I look at these tombstones and the, and the markers. And I look what they say and when they lived and how long they lived. And I don't look, do it for them. I do it for me. I see me. I see me going down in that casket. Or I see me with that marker. And it reminds me that the pinnacle of our faith, that our treasures are in heaven, that we see things the way God wants to see them, is that Jesus Christ is the resurrection of life. And I'm trusting him, and so are you, to raise us from the grave. We are trusting Jesus to do what the atheists, agnostics, and all the Christ-haters on this planet refuse to believe he can do. Supernaturally raise us from the body, from the ground, with a glorified body for all immortality, for his kingdom of light and love for all eternity. We are believing Jesus to raise us from the grave. And I know that we can trust him to take care of the cares of this life and keep us from being deceived by the riches of this life. Church of Jesus Christ, we are trusting Jesus to raise us from the grave. And somehow the DNA of who you are, as you return to the dust, from the dust we came to this return, or you were taken in by the sea, how many people have died in the sea? But it says in Revelation that the sea gives up their, her dead as well. As we just become just old and decrepit and in, unable to take care of ourselves, eventually we can't even go to the bathroom on our own and all these things, and, and it's like, and then we just... We're, we're dust. But Jesus is promising to raise that dust up on the last day. The dead in Christ will rise first, and then we who are alive will be caught up together with him in the air, and dust will always be with the Lord. And that's what the Holy Spirit promises us. So... We follow the money trail. Our treasure is in heaven. And because our heart is with our treasure, we then see things with an eternal perspective, a kingdom perspective, and we're not moved. As Paul said, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to me. And we, we, we can stand for how we believe in the convictions of our faith in our heart. One man is one day, another, another. And we can stand, and we can, we can let God just work the way he wants to work. And we're free. We're free to be owned by these things. They don't own us, we own them. Because if we're deceived by riches, then it says the whole body is full of darkness. The eye doesn't see right. And Jesus said, how great is that darkness? And here's the problem with the oligarchs and masters of the universe trying to run this country and impose on us a global government and the new world order. They don't see eternity. They don't see the throne of Christ. They don't see the glory. They don't see the pure river in Revelation 22. They don't see the tree of life with the leaves for the healing of the nations. They don't see any of that. All they see is them on the throne in the temporal realm. They're Caesar. That's all they are, is modern Caesars, autocrats, dictators, cancel culture. They don't don't like your opinion, you're canceled. You can't share your opinion. They cancel you. They're the woke mob. That's who they are. They're masters of their universe. And what's the common denominator? They own the wealth of the planet. When Caesar Nero was killing Christians, he was the most powerful man in the world. He owned more wealth than anyone else. He could do that if he wanted to. And he did. And this is why they hate us. This is why these oligarchs, these traitors, these evil people hate the church. Because we're about eternity and they're about time. We're about treasures in heaven. They're about as much as you can get on earth in their game of monopoly that are playing with themselves and the other rich people. And we are going to our wealth and they are leaving theirs behind. And that's why they hate us. Because when they see us praising Jesus, whether it's in a church in China or a church anywhere else in the world, here in America, what they hate is we're a reminder to them that they're going to leave their treasures behind. And that God be true and every man a liar and they're liars and that's why Jesus said if you're of the world they'd love you if we're oligarchs too they'd love us too we could conspire with them for total planetary control which is what they're doing but Jesus Christ is the king of kings and lord of lords have you seen the David Crowder video about Jesus coming back it's worth a google on YouTube it's animated anyone seen that video raise your hand anyone at all Oh, please. It's, my wife has. Listen to me. It's as powerful as a video you'll ever see. It's about the return of Christ and the last, the end game. It's a David Crowder video. You'll find it. You'll make time for it if you want to. It's so powerful. And that's what's going to happen. Jesus is going to come. And he's going to establish, he's going to deal with evil. He's going to establish his kingdom on earth. The new heaven, the new earth. That's what he's going to do. But see, this is why, like, why is he that everyone's against Christians? Well, they're against Christians because we're for eternity. Our treasures are in heaven, and we walk in the light. Our eye is good. They are for the temporal. They're about rust, moth, and thieves. That's what they're about. And the whole, they're, if the eye is bad, they're in, dark, they're in darkness. That's what they are. They're in darkness. And so they attack, they attack, they slander, they lie, they lie, they attack, they attack, they attack, they lie, they slander, they slander, they attack. And Jesus said, they'll hate us because they hate him. So from Caesar burning Christians in his Colosseum to what people are doing to Christians around the world this day in power, from China to America, it's because they live for the temporal and they hate the eternal. So don't let it throw you off. We, this is the kingdom perspective. And ultimately, so our heart's good. Where's your heart? Our heart's in heaven. Our perspective is good because our heart is good. We're not deceived by temporary things. But then that last one, who's your master? God or wealth? You know, the rich young ruler was pretty amazing because he, he was almost there. When The rich young ruler was questioning Jesus about the greatest commandments. And when he said, I've honored my father and mother, I've not committed adultery, I've not lied, I've not stolen, Jesus didn't say, yes, you have. You're lying. He didn't say that. He said, go and sell all that you have and follow me. You lack one thing. And that one thing was his idol, was his wealth. And he went away sad. He went away sad, but it was self determined. And that was self determination. He went away sad. He knew, he was, he, he, knew, he was invited by Jesus. Jesus invited Peter and right, Andrew and all these guys. Jesus looked at him and invited him to come, follow me. Let it go. Now, he doesn't say that to everybody, right? Like, there have been amazing people like J.C. Penney who made millions and millions and gave it to the gospel of Jesus Christ. I mean, that's, there's plenty of people I like that in human history who've been very generous. Billy Graham had a number of people who were extremely successful businessmen and women who made everything happen for 50 years with the Crusades. He doesn't tell everyone to do that, but for this guy, he needed to do that. And he went away sad. His master was mammon, not God. Oh, he was religious, He went to church. He was a good person, fine, outstanding person. But his God was mammon, not God. And Jesus revealed it like that. Boom. But for every person, like the rich young ruler, who won't leave his wealth, the one thing that keeps him from Christ, there's someone like Matthew who simply drops his whole world and follows Jesus right then and there. You see, and that's who we want to be. That's who we're to be. I was thinking about this when they came to Jesus in the last week of his life. And they said, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? And he said, render to Caesar things that are Caesar, render to God the things that are God. That verse has guided the church of Jesus Christ for 2,000 years. Many great men and women have made profound decisions in their personal life on that. And while we'll do we would we do the best we can to have a great witness for Jesus Christ in all circumstances, ultimately we want to align our lives with those who fear God, trust his word, have a biblical worldview of science and medicine, which the greatest scientists all have had, by the way. See, Luke and I, my son Luke, his world is so simple. But he said this Dad, truth never changes who's going to be a lawyer. Truth never changes. So all you have to do is find out the truth and stand on the truth. And all true science and all true medical advances from science is truth. And it's proven. All the great scientists, all the fathers of modern science, chemistry, biology, they studied universal truths. From Louis Pasteur and these others, they studied truths. And the truths they determined to the benefit of society based upon science and medicine were based upon truth in the marketplace of thought and transparency. Because the truth is the truth. Do you understand? When you serve Jesus Christ, you are serving the truth. When you cast your soul, your mind, and your body and your decisions under Jesus Christ, you are under truth because he's the way, the truth, and the life. And there is no shadow of turning in truth. He is light. But men who want to control men walk in darkness. They do not walk in the truth. They suppress the truth. They cancel the truth. And they're afraid of the marketplace of thought because they're afraid they'll be exposed in the marketplace of thought. And that's falsehood. And that's Satan and the father of lies. So let's bring things to the truth. Let's bring them to the marketplace of thought. Test all things and hold fast it's good. Let's see it right now. Let's see it. Let's see the truth. Because I serve the truth. And there's no shadow of turning with my father. And science and science. And it's always proven. And my world views a young earth. Jesus is enthroned, and all things are made by him and for him, and him all things consist. And I bow the knee to Jesus. We bow the knee to Jesus. He walks in the midst of his church, and he is Lord of our lives in his church. So if you want to come against that, you come with the truth, and you prove it. If you want to force your thing on me, you come with truth, and you prove it. Now, there's lots of things I'll go for because that's just who I got to go for, and I choose to do that. But this is my temple. This is my body. I only get one. I trust the truth and people of light. I do not trust darkness and people of dark. And you'll always know the truth because it comes to the light. There's no shadow of turning. There's no yes and no with the truth. The truth is yes, yes, yes. No, no, no. It's not yes and no. I stand on the truth. And I stand with all those who do. And if you choose to... do things under Caesar, I get it, I respect it. I pay my taxes to the penny. You want to get a flu shot? I get flu shots. I respect that. You don't want to? I respect that too. Let God be true and every man a liar. And may our treasures be in heaven. And may we know who we serve. And may we be willing to stand for his truth in all things as we feel led in the dictates and the conscience of our mind. In Jesus' name.